This is from you. Popheads, sorry for the weird transition there, going from Metallica's Master of Puppets into uh, Baby Come Home by our good friends in Dirty Sweet. But, you know, you do what you got to do for the podcast, and that's how we wanted to open the show with, with uh, our, our for our Stranger Things final two episodes. We're a bit late getting this out to the masses. Uh, this has been on the Patreon for about a month now, and I probably should have gotten it out to the masses a couple weeks ago. But things have been hectic and hairy, and I hope you understand, and I appreciate your patience, and, and uh, it's here now, and I guess that's the good news, and, and hopefully that means also by now that you've all been able to watch Stranger Things and have enjoyed it as much as I have, and, and that's what you're going to hear a lot of in this conversation between my brother and I as we wrap up these final two episodes is just how much we really enjoy Stranger Things. <laughs> I mean, it was a really great season, and I don't think there's anything more we can say about it right now than that but uh, we're going to get into it the nitty-gritty we talk about some things get into some theories some ideas talk about some various elements of these final two episodes and it is now here for your consumption it's a long one so uh you know pause is needed take your breaks when you have to listen to us on if you're training for a marathon or something that might be this might be a good podcast for you to listen to on that uh otherwise it's it's just going to be a good time so you know what that means you got to sit down and buckle up hold on to your butts and buckle up again. Let's go. If you touch her again, I will kill you again. Is that what you did? Did you kill me? I am so Glad you are here, Eleven. This is going to be beautiful. Joining me now, once again, via the power of the internet and the, and the Skype, which barely works, but at least it's free, and that's why we use it. Uh, my brother Mark is here. Welcome back, sir. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Uh, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm feeling feeling foxy. No, I'm feeling fine. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting day down here thus far. I'm kind of tired kind of this weird mix of tired but excited for this conversation so like, there's a weird blend of energies happening on my end uh but i'm ready to, to get into it how about you i'm ready you're ready all right do you I, now your video is not working so i can't see you you're just sort of like 
an Obi-Wan Kenobi bodiless voice at the moment, which I dig. I, I like that vibe works for the podcast. Um, but do you have a beverage with you today? I do. What do you have, sir? Um, I actually have the same thing I had last time we talked about Stranger Things, which is Allagash's Fine Acre Organic Golden Ale. Nice, nice. I I mixed it up today. I was gonna, <laughs> I, I reached into the fridge and I, I was going for a Pizza Port beer, but was like, you know what? I need to do something different. <laughs> I gotta change. I gotta change course on things a little bit here. So I grabbed a beer from uh, our good friends at Mother Earth Brewing Company. They're up north in Vista. This is. And, and Reagan would, would be excited for this one because it's a hazy IPA, which I don't do very often. But Mother's does some nice ones. And this is their Fractured Reality Hazy India Pale Ale. It's hopped up with Eldorado, Citra, and Triumph. It is 7.5%. And it's part of like this um, – I, I can't – I don't know if you can see the can, but they're, they're doing like this – A little bit. Yeah, they got like this, this series of, of rotating IPAs they put out that has like local artists doing the can art, doing like the label art. Yeah. And it's got this kind of like a creepy woman vibe thing going on. I don't. I can't even describe it. I'll have to try and take a picture for you later. Mm. But it's it's got a, a creepy vibe to it. I was like, you know what? This is kind of going to work for Stranger Things. This is going to be okay. Well, it also says fractured reality, so that kind of works for it. Too. Right, like the whole thing kind of works out really well. And I did not plan that. I, it was like I just sort of grabbed it out of the fridge, and then as I was looking, I was like, oh, this this will work nicely. There you go. There we go synchronicity somehow some way it's all happened it's all come together all right so yeah you said it i mean we're, we're here we're reconvening to finish the conversation that we started a few weeks back uh as, as we wrapped up like what the first seven episodes of volume four of stranger things now we're back to finish volume four of stranger things with part two which is what episodes eight and nine correct correct okay now how would you like to get into this you want to break it down episode by episode or you just want to kind of talk about everything it doesn't matter to me. I mean, we can just kind of start talking about everything, and if it all yeah, it starts to to uh, separate itself into episode by episode, then yeah, sure. I mean, I feel like par for the course for for, the, for this podcast would be like we would start episode by episode, and then it would all just become a mishmash of back and forth, anyways. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> but I mean, at least with, I, you know, there's been a lot made of the runtime for these for these last two episodes of the season. Uh, episode eight was about an hour and a half, and and um, episode nine, the season finale, was about two hours and twenty minutes. Um, but at least between the episodes, between those episodes, there was definitely like a de- line of delineation, right? Like you could see the breaking point. So it does it does lend itself to a little bit of an easier chat. But yeah, I suspect knowing us, we're going to go back and forth. So we'll try to keep it as clear as possible. But we're also operating under the assumption that most people have watched these episodes and will, will know where we're at. Right. All right. So let's let's kind of just get to do a, a, an overview. What did you think of these last two episodes? I loved them. Ooh. Love, love or loved, loved. I don't know the difference between those two things. Just they sounded the, exactly the same. Yeah, all of the above. That's an acceptable answer. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. Right. So, so it stuck the landing. You got everything you wanted out of it. The emotional, the 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 action, the the uh, all the all the things. It all worked for you, right? I I think it was very good, and I in, I enjoyed my time with it. I there there are some things you know that I was like. But, you know, just like overall in terms of 
my enjoyment. Um, like, yeah, I, I loved it. I think I said it last time. I just, I enjoy spending time in this world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though the run times are a little bit long, and even though I I feel like this season is a little bit bloated, should I mute while that siren is going? Or I actually can't hear anything at the moment. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, you know, even though I, I feel like this season is a little bit bloated with the run times, it's kind of, I also kind of don't care because I just, I love the world so much. Yeah, you know, I think we I think we did mention it before how it was sort of an interesting conundrum they put themselves you know position the the Duffer brothers put themselves in by having uh by breaking the kind of like breaking the main party up into like sort of like three sub parties, right? So you had right. three different groups of people you had to kind of follow around and they're geographically on other sides from each other, right? So right. it it it's sort of takes kind of what they do in any other season, you know, where they, everyone kind of parties off you know or pairs right. off or you know becomes a smaller group but they're all still in hawkins or in the general area of hawkins indiana this time around you know we got one group in in russia we got one group uh in the desert in in, in nevada and then obviously the team the, the the party in hawkins uh and i i sort of wondered going into these episodes like, well gosh how are they going to bring this all together um it seems like a really tight time frame because I, I, one of the things I was thinking about a lot about with these last two episodes when I was watching them a second time around was I, so, I sort of didn't really think about how compact the timeline actually is because there's so much going on. It feels like it's, it's got more breathing room than it actually does. But everything's kind of happening in a really quick amount of time. Right. A few days. Yeah, a few days. But because our, our, our cast for the show is so massive and there's so many different things going on, it it, it it feels a little bit more spread out than it actually is, which I was like, oh, I have to, have to keep reminding myself. Of, like All these things are kind of happening, especially in the final episode. All these storylines are kind of happening at the exact same time. It, it, right. it was very um, – it, it was a very unique way to tell that, that, that final episode. Uh, and like I said, by and large – I mean, you can make the argument that, like, what kind of, you know, writing, lazy writing, coincidental bullshit is this? But I think it works out really, really nicely overall for the way they kind of bring it all together. I think it lands. Yeah, I I thought so, too. I I didn't really think of it as being coincidence. Yeah, I like I said, I, some of the, when some of the some of the article reviews I've read have have sort of mentioned that, and I was like, well, I don't really think so necessarily. You know, it just seems like. They're all on the same page because these people have been doing this since season one, basically, for the, by, by and large. I mean, you know, Hopper and Joy and everybody like that. Joyce and, you know, all these characters have been kind of in the mix. They know what's up. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it, it, I, I think it works because you have the stuff with Eleven in – Nevada, where mm-hmm. she, where where Brenner and Owens are trying to get her prepared to fight Vecna, and then you have the kids in Hawkins who are getting prepared to fight Vecna themselves, and I think because because that's the goal of Brenner and Owens to get her ready. Like it's okay that the storylines match up. There's a sense of urgency on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The Russia side of the story didn't really coincide 
with any, that was its own thing if i remember correctly i didn't rewatch it i've only seen it the one time and I, so it was like a about a week ago that i watched it so I don't remember the Russia side of the story affecting the other two stories all that much. Uh, when okay, so let's let, let's talk about the Russia side of the story first because because as I sort of mentioned when we did the the, the first half of the season, the the Russia stuff while it was good and it's enjoyable and they, there's elements that I'm, I'm I'm enjoying and like I like the the character of Hopper and I like the whole like let's go to Russia and rescue Hopper thing. It is sort of like the sea story to me, right? Of of, yeah. of the three groups that we're following, I, theirs is sort of like the least impactful to me. It's like yes, we want to see Hopper get out of Russia, but I think we all sort of know eventually Hopper's getting out of Russia. Like it, they never really felt like there was any danger of, of of Hopper dying or not making it back to Eleven at any point. Well, we can get into characters being in danger. Well, I mean, it, I, I, it doesn't I, I seem do like want... <laughs> any character is really in danger. I, I do. I do want to say that, but I was, I was going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, yeah. So I, it just never felt like the sense of peril. Like I, again, there, there, it's a really enjoyable aspect of the storyline, but yeah. it, it's it's also the part of is like, you know, when I watched it the second time around, I was like, well, all right, there's nothing major happening here. I can kind of fast forward through chunks of this. I understand the storyline here, particularly in these last two episodes. They break out of the Russian prison. Then the next episode, they're like, you know what? We got to break back into the Russian prison. Right. You know, and then we find out that the, 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 the demigorgons have gone wild. Uh, you know, the, the, the particles, the, you know, whether, you know, whatever you want to call it. Mind flare. The mind flare, but, you know, Joyce calls it the particles. Uh, you know, it, it's all connected. It's all happening. They're all running wild now in the Russian prison. And, and, and Hopper and, and Joyce and, and, and Murray have to fight everybody in, in, in that aspect of the threat. And it's sort of. Again, without realizing what's going on at the same time, as they're battling the demigorgons and the, and the mind flare particles, um, they are having an effect on Vecna. They don't know that at the time, but it, it, it again, it just sort of reinforces that all these things are happening simultaneously. Because as right. okay. Mur- as as Murray is you know blowtorching the demigorgons and the particles and everything, it has an effect on Vecna. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, and then you you know you have Hopper with his Conan the Barbarian sword. Uh, you know, yes. Doing I that was, whole. I was like, wait a second, is that Conan sword? <laughs> I don't think it was the exact. It's the pretty exact damn similar. One, but it's very similar. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And he sort of like strikes the Conan pose. Yeah, I was kind of like, oh, is David Harbour about to be cast as Conan? <laughs> That's what I think. Isn't isn't Netflix doing like a Conan thing? I, I think they are. Somebody's doing a Conan. Somebody's always doing a Conan thing, and I, I, I sort of wonder. I was like, oh, you know what? David Harbour is like sort of like old King Conan. Might be kind of interesting, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I'd 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 watch that. Yeah, I was like, I, I could kind of see that, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, in 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 Rus- the the Russia storyline sort of has, again, as we talked about in the first part of the, of, of our recapping the season, it, it's probably the most. I don't know if I don't want I don't want to say that part of the story has like a lot of bloated, bloated additional characters, but it has a lot of characters that are sort of reduced to like not having a lot to do in these last two episodes. You know, you have like the the Russian prison guard guy who we all like, having to yeah. force the peanut butter smuggler to actually fix the helicopter, and then that just takes right. forever. <laughs> but but that's what they're doing. That's their whole back and forth for the entire yeah. entirety of like episode eight, and then until like, he swoops in and saves everybody at nine after after uh, uh, the the faceless man has uh, made him feel terrible about being an awful person. <laughs> so yeah, you know, but I mean, you get that also. I think in the B story with with Mike and Will and those guys trying to catch up to Eleven. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Data, Mike and Will don't have a whole lot to do either, other than kind of sort out their own feelings. And right, so which, which is fairly important, take... but there's some chinks in that as well. There's some cracks in that storyline, if you will. Right. I shouldn't say yeah. – I meant to say like chinks in the armor, but cracks in the story makes a little bit more sense. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so so how, how do I kind of put a bow on the Russian storyline necessarily? I, you know, I don't know if we can. I mean, they're sort of stranded. They're trying to figure things out. They're trying to get that helicopter running. But it's 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 sort of – I think the one – my favorite element of it was when they break back into the prison in, in episode mm-hmm. nine. And they're trying to figure out what the heck happened after they broke out because, you know, as they were leaving, the demigorgons were still in the, in the, in the solution, in the, in the glass cases. The particles right. were still contained. But everything has gone buck wild since then uh and there's that part with the uh the russian commander you know he's uh, he's all faces all fucked up he's got the scratches across his face and he, he's speaking in russian to 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 murray and yeah. and and telling the kind of like the story of what happened yes and it gave me i don't okay <laughs> you're gonna think i'm nuts <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I kind of got this feel from that that sequence. The way those two were, de- were the way um, the Russian commander and Mori were, were talking, and, you know, the one guy's in Russian and Mori's translating it for everyone to understand. I got like serious Lord of the Rings, uh, Minds of Moria vibe. You know, when Gandalf's reading the book. I, I, I don't know if I uh, thought the same thing, but I. I, I... Not at all. <laughs> Perfect. Nailed yeah. it. I don't think I thought of the Lord of the Rings once while watching this. There's something about it, like the way, maybe it was just like the way it was sort of being delivered. It reminded me of the way that Gandalf was reading the, the last journal entry before the goblins overtook the, the mines of Moria. You know, right before the goblins all attack when they're in that, in that crypt. But No, because I, I've, like, I don't know. I feel like the buildup during that scene in Lord of the Rings is much more... Like oh no! This actual buildup, yeah. whereas this just felt like, "Hey, what happened here? <laughs> oh, the the particles are in them, or are there? It is. Yeah, no, there it is. Spoiler alert! No, I'm just kidding. Okay, but yeah, so I don't know. I don't really have much else to say about the Russian storyline other than like it's. I don't, again, it's important and it's 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 well done. You're it's not boring by any stretch, but it's sort of like the least interesting of the interesting storylines yeah i i yeah i agree with that i mean i i I think by this point in the show you know again we all love hopper and and everything like that but if we're not more invested in the vecna story then i don't know what we're even doing here right (laughs) like who was chomping at the bit to see how like hopper got out of russia like oh that's that's the story i need conclusion to wrap it up I mean, I think we were all looking forward to see how sure. Hopper gets back and gets out of the situation. Um, but 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 they are the most removed from the direct action. You know, it, it's all sort of uh, tan, tan, yes. tangential, right? Yes. Yeah. And I guess that's sort of like I guess my knock on that particular aspect of the storyline. But again, it's not like it's bad or not good or enjoyable because it's all those things still. Right. And. Um, you know, I, I guess I would say for that aspect of the storyline or of the whole show, you could definitely 
yeah, like that is a bit coincidental. I didn't think about that when I when I was watching it though. Okay. Oh, there you go. Hey, I did something right. Yay. Okay. <laughs> but let's get to our heroes who are in America, because America is what matters. Uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, again, we're not necessarily breaking things down by the, by the episodes, but episode eight is obviously very focused on on eleven. You know, the massive revelations to, to wrap up part one of the season about you know Vecna and number one and 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 you know the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but also. Eleven now having access to her powers again, yes. and 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 being ready to go. Like, hey, give me back! I want to go. I'm, I'm, you know, there's a fight coming up. Get me ready for the fight. I want to go to the fight. And then obviously, we have to go and still deal. We have to sort of get like a resolution with her and 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 Papa. It's all about Papa in episode eight. Yes. And how did that work for you? Any you want to talk about that one in any any detail for me? Um, I mean, I loved episode eight. I. I think you could almost make the argument that it was better than episode nine. There's something that was really personal about episode eight that I think made you feel for it a little bit more. Well, that, and I mean, just like L's standoff with the military at the end, I just thought it was very exciting, very well done. Yeah. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was a really great sequence. Um, But no, I, I really liked the, the Brenner stuff, but the one thing I didn't like was that they didn't bother to explain how he survived the Demogorgon. So I like, <laughs> I guess it's easy enough to say like, oh, the Demogorgon like bit his face, but it didn't kill him, and he just played dead for a while and laid low. I, but I, I would have liked something. Now, now that you you know you mentioned last time that we we chatted you were you were rewatching season one or and, and working your way through the show basically, yes. Um, because that was something I I haven't gone back and rewatched the 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 earlier seasons. Um, but yeah, that was my recollection too was that that he died at a certain point, and I mean I was like when when he shows back up again I'm like oh maybe I misremembered that, but like so so that was sort of like the implication was that oh he's dead now. Yes. Okay. Now, so, I mean, basically, what happens is, is like you, like the Demogorgon is off screen, and Brenner Matthew Modine is looking at the Demogorgon. It jumps on top of him, and then out of frame, it kills him. Like you hear him scream. Ah, okay. Um, so it is out of frame. Technically, it's not on on camera. Um, and then in season two. There are a couple hints that he might still be alive. Um, again, okay, fine, that they brought him back. It seemed like they would at some point, but I just kind of I wanted some sort of explanation, and also I wanted some sort of reaction from L. Like, hey, you're dead. Like, how are you? How are you even still here? Was was she there when that happens to him? Because again, um, I don't remember. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. But she is. You know. She. I mean, they're they're there in the school. Is she in that exact hallway when it happens? I don't remember a hundred percent. Okay. But I mean, she is definitely under the impression that he is dead. Okay. You know. And then in, and then in season two, she's 
with her punk rock group and <laughs> there's a there's a hint that uh that he might still be alive well papa does lie that's what i've heard yep <laughs> he doesn't preach either oh my god no 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 <laughs> No, you you come after me for the bad jokes. You get out of here with that shit. You're the one who keeps calling him Papa. That's what they call him. The episode's titled Papa. That's what she... I don't care. That's what she calls him. His name is Dr. Brenner. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's funnier to call him Papa. All right, well, you won't call him Papa. Expect some bad jokes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, there's a lot in in that episode uh that's that's sort of kind of it's 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 sort of moving the pieces in the, into place for the finale but like i said it, the, the stuff with 11 in particular is is very like intimate stuff right it's it's very personal it's very much her coming into her own yes. um and i think that's why like you said i mean you might you might even like it more than the finale uh, and i i was i would suspect because of of that those reasons there am i wrong i mean that's no i i I mean that and and just what i what i was saying like i i think all of the sequences in it were just really like masterfully done just very well handled very well shot edited cinematography and like like on a technical level i just thought it was very 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 good i was i was gonna bring that up actually because you know i i in the in the, the first seven episodes, I thought you know were, were were spectacularly done, but something in those final two episodes changes, and they become uh, like even more cinematic than 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 the first half of the season was. I mean, like the like you yeah. said, like the the way it's sort of like, like upscaled, uh, yeah. like a lot of a lot of wide shots, and 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 uh, you know even even the stuff that's indoors is lit in in a very unique particular way that that really gave it this cinematic feel. So yeah. You're, yeah, you're not you're not wrong, not by any stretch. And I think that episode does a really good job of cranking the tension. Just it, that episode is constantly building tension as to when the uh, the bad military guys are going to get to the facility where L is being held, and when. Mike and them are going to get there. Like it, it, it just it, it ratchets that tension very, very well. I think that's one of the things about it that that makes it stand out to me. So let let's talk about that because, uh, you know, as Elle's having the standoff, you know, with Doctor Brenner and like the the coup within a coup of the military because Brenner betrays Doctor Owens, uh, right. a- aka Paul uh, Paul Reiser, um, yes. and sort of you know, boots him to the side and then the actual military who's coming to get all of them anyways is, is, is showing up and killing them. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, um, as that's all happening, you know, we have, uh, Will and Mike and Argyle and, and, oh God, Jonathan. Jonathan, thank you. Uh, in, in the, in the surfer boy pizza van, trying to get to that, to, to the coordinates they got from Dustin's lady friend. Uh, <laughs> So you, yes. you got that element going on, and then back in Hawkins, you got everybody else who's involved in the Vecna fight, kind of prepping, right? Like they're the time to go to war, you know. So they go to the war zone to buy all the army surplus stuff they can get their hands on. Right. One question: 
How do they pay for all that shit? Steve's dad's credit card. Yeah? Sure. Is that the move? Sure. <laughs> I just sort of was one of those, like, they bought a lot of shit. <laughs> I mean, so as you mentioned, I, I did I did a, a, a rewatch. And when I was watching the first two episodes of season three, um, Max takes L to the mall. She's like, come on, get out. You need to see the real world. And they leave like with all these really fashionable clothes. And I was just like, who paid for that? <laughs> I was like, did, did Max just like, the, did she have like a bunch of allowance saved up and bought Elle some clothes? That was, very, that was very nice of her. Like, did they steal Hop's credit card or something? <laughs> Maybe they're just shoplifters. I don't know. Yeah, right. Bad mall security in 1985. But so, so, so that sequence there at, at the war zone is also where we come across... Uh, the angry basketball team led led by Jason, who's now become a psychopath, um, and is he's great. <laughs> and is convinced that uh, uh, you know the Hellfire Club is a bunch of cultists and they're summoning the devil and all this shit. And yeah. yeah, and he's nuts, and he like gets all up in Nancy's face and grabs her shotgun and stuff, which he's holding upside down, which I thought was weird too. <laughs> um, how did how was she holding it upside down? So what? She had the barrel pointed downward. No, no, no. I mean, uh, like it was like flipped. Like oh, like, oh, oh. Like, the, okay. like the trigger and everything is like up. Uh, I don't remember that. I, I thought it was very strange. Well, maybe she was looking at the the pump action on it. Um, yeah, perhaps, perhaps. How, how did that element of the storyline uh, work for you? The you know the crazy townies deciding that that they got to end the this, de- end, end the devil worship. Yeah, the satanic panic. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought it worked pretty well. I I thought that actor did a good job, Jason, of uh, just going from, you know, he thinks he's the next, I don't know, Captain America or something, and he just, you know, he just slowly kind of goes insane and he just can't handle what's happening and you know you build to his confrontation with Lucas at the end. I I thought it all worked very well i thought he had just the right amount of menace there in that scene at at the war zone with nancy um yeah i i i I really liked it i I thought they handled it well i thought like okay mm, little convenient at the at the end how they how they get rid of them but um but sure you know you can't have what happens at the end of this episode and, and or at the end of this season and, and not have uh, significant casualties. So, right. And, and I, th- I think by and large, I was okay with it. I just, but I don't know. For some reason I have, <laughs> I just get so, I get, I get flustered sometimes when I, when I, when I know there's a, an element of the plot that is like, all right, this, these people are just here to like interfere with the climax in, in, in the final episode. Like that's really all they're there for, and the something right. about that, like something about that, just eats at me, and I, I don't care for it. I, again, I thought it was well done. I thought the stuff, like you said, going in, into the final episode, the standoff between Jason and Lucas while Max is being possessed by Vecna, I thought it all worked out. I, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. But but it, you know the, the the whole this whole like you said the satanic panic stuff was just really there to be a monkey wrench in the in the third act. Yeah. I you know I and it needs to be there and um, 
I, I think it's also, uh, you know, kind of appropriate to have it there. I, I think the thing I, I, one of the things I like about it is that it's kind of representative of the town waking up to what's been going on inside of it for, you know, four seasons now. Uh, because all of these incredible things have been happening in Hawkins for the past three seasons and only a few people know about it. Right. So I think it's, I think it's a good way to kind of, to kind of get the town involved, get, get the rest of the town involved. So it doesn't seem so, I, I guess like pokey and silly that all of this is still being like, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And yet somehow they still are managing to keep it like under wraps. Right. Yeah. I, th I think it's a necessary growth for, for the story. Yeah. I guess, I just, I guess I just feel like, I don't, I don't know if, if they painted themselves into a corner necessarily with, with the Jason character and, and sort of his reaction to everything. Uh, it's, it's, it's sort of unfortunate, I suppose, that the character couldn't like learn and grow from, from actually witnessing these things. They just kind of sort of dispose of him and with him being the ringleader, it all kind of falls apart from there. I mean, I agree, and I, I had that thought, but, you know, again, that there are just stubborn people out there who who aren't willing to listen, and and that's what that character is. No, that's, you know? that's a very and fair point. Especially, you, I mean, you, you can use that nowadays <laughs> to, to talk about the world as well. I mean, you can use that any period in human history, Yeah, you know? I think it would only get worse the further back you go. Um, so, so yeah, you know, not every character is going to be as, uh, mature as, as our core group of heroes are. That's what makes them our heroes is they're willing to, to see what others aren't. Yeah. And, and to believe, I mean, like it, you know, right. I mean, that's, a, that's, the, that's sort of like the, the, the charm of the show in the, from the first season was like, oh, they're connecting these things. They're relating these things to Dungeons and Dragons, which is something I can understand. Right, you know, so like they're, they're sort of like wrapping it up in something that uh, makes it digestible for us as an audience to to process too, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I don't have a problem. Like I said, I, there's just something weird about it. like the, my first time around watching the show. My, my anxieties are already high, <laughs> you know. Okay. And so uh, you know when you see them heading towards the murder house and I'm just like oh no they're gonna fuck this up <laughs> you know and you weren't sure like in, in, in which way they were gonna fuck it up um, right but it, it, it's a real it, it ends up being like a really great scene between for Luke for Lucas to really kind of stand on his own and, and, and sort of assert his identity you know kind of take ownership of himself as a person instead of trying to be all the things that he's, he actually isn't you know right yeah and, and, and so it works out really nicely that way but I mean I, yeah when the first time around uh, in in that final episode, I mean, my my heart was going a million miles a minute. It's, it's a miracle I didn't die watching the the final episode of the season. Uh, so, <laughs> watching the second time around, I'm a, I'm a I'm a little bit more rational about these things, which is why I have to try and watch things the second time. Right. Because I I am overrun with emotions the first time around, especially with this show that that had me like losing my mind and 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 at, at various points. Mm hmm. <laughs> so. So yeah, okay. So yeah, we got the, now. There are, but our, that's an episode eight, though. They're at the war zone. They're arming up. They're gonna take weapons into, uh, in, into the uh, the upside down, and then you know they're preparing for the fight with Vector. They come up with a plan. They're formulating a plan, and I like that they're formulating a plan. Uh, 
you know, they can't get a hold of L, so they're but they're going to try and deal with this. You know, they're not freaking out about it. I actually really like that aspect of it. Uh, yeah. They're like, you know what? We can do this. We can we can handle this on our own. We don't, you know, necessarily need Eleven. It'd be great if she were here. Right. Uh, and 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 when Eleven gets to the point again, I don't think this is until Episode Nine, but when she starts doing like the um, what do you call that? Like the 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 shadow realm walking thing that she does. You know, it's all black. Um, yeah, I I I don't think they've ever, at least in the context of the show, they they haven't given it a name. But I mean, you could call it like a, it's like her cerebral, almost like an astral projection. Yeah, like, not astral projection, but like a mental projection. I, it's, it's like her cerebro move, like she's Professor X or something. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, like project, astral projection works too. Uh, but yeah, so like it's, that, that's kind of how. I actually like the way they did that sequence because it gets Eleven caught up on everything uh, in a really yes. quick manner by her just eavesdropping on this conversation. Right. And I was like, oh, thank God. It saves us so much random exposition like, so to get everyone caught up. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did like that. And then she imparts information to, to Will and Mike and everybody. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Mike and Will real quick because we were we were pretty harsh on, on Mike in uh, our last review, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if you changed your mind at all, or if you, if you came around to anything, or if you got new thoughts about Mike and uh, <laughs> why he can sit there while his best friend's sobbing and not notice it at all in, in the back of a pizza truck. Yeah, well, I mean, nobody seems to notice it. Jonathan well, Jonathan noticed, noticed it. it. Jonathan he noticed notices it. it, but then he's just like... <laughs> well, they, they have that talk at the pizza parlor. They do. They do. That's they a do. nice moment for those brothers. I thought that it was is. a really good part. No, it is. It, it, it was. You know, uh, Will Will is a really tragic character in the show, and I think people kind of forget that sometimes. I mean, he he is the OG survivor of the show. Yeah, I you know like I, you know, I like Will. I don't have anything against that that character. I I, I think the problem with his character has just kind of always been like, as we discussed in the first two seasons, he was kind of sidelined. Yeah, and then. You know, now he doesn't have much to do, but but I was saying he's kind of like um, Uhura on Star Trek. He's like the communications officer because he gets his like little spider sense. He knows when Vecna and the the mind flare are like up to something, so he can tell the others. That seems to be what they do with him now. Is like, oh, something's happening because we got we got to talk about that later. That's that's going to tie into our, our another. Uh, a topic I want to bring up with you. Um, okay. Um, but, you know, and, and Mike, did they redeem him? I think, of course they did, because, you know, it's a TV show and character arcs. Hey. Um, but uh, do I do I like Mike? Eh, I'm not sure. I just, like I said, I, I just watched seasons one, th- rewatched seasons one through three, and eh, I'm, I'm just not the biggest fan of, of Mike, <laughs> uh, I, I think I could. I think I could, I could probably agree with that. Honestly, like I mean, he's the one who gets. I and I, nah, I I shouldn't say anything because I, I haven't I haven't rewatched. I, I'll just go with you on you. I'll, I'll, I will take your uh, word for it. I I sort of feel the same way you feel, but since you're you you've rewatched more recently than I, I'm just going to let you explain it. So that works for me. He's just. I, I think he's just in. You know, under I think very understandably so, but he's just kind of a a selfish character, um, and so I'm just not the biggest fan. Yeah, you know, but he does, you know, he does have L's best interest at heart, and 
things like that. So, you but, know, he always means well, but he just kind of screws up. So, all right, I, I, I want to tread lightly as I bring this up because they've they've kept this very vague, very ambiguous. There, There's no – they haven't really gone and stated anything in particular. Like They haven't been real direct or overt about this. But obviously, Will has uh, the feelings. The feelings, right? And, yes. And they don't come out and say anything about his sexual preferences and orientations or anything like that. But it's it's just so odd to me that that Mike can be so singularly focused on himself and Eleven's relationship that he can't notice what his words are saying or how they're affecting Will, who's supposed to be his best friend, who who you know was the one who fought for him the hardest to rescue him in season one. He's like, no, he's in the stuff down. We just got to figure out how to get him, blah, blah, blah stuff, you know? Yeah. So when when Will's having this this kind of confessional moment where he's, he's saying 11, but he's also saying himself, and right. it just goes right over Mike's head, you just kind of want to slap the kid a little bit, don't you? Yeah, you know, but like I said, he's just kind of a, he's kind of a selfish character, and... um you know, kids are also they they are also supposed to still be pretty young. I like know they're, fresh, they're freshmen in high school, so you know I, I don't think freshmen in high school are having that conversation very easily. No, and so. and, and, and trust me, I will I will be the first to admit that uh, in freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, senior year, that was a dipshit. I you know I I. <laughs> Aren't we all? So, <laughs> I, 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 do understand. I, I, I totally get it. It, it just is so. I don't know. It's, it, I, and maybe, maybe that's the reason that sort of like underscores why when Will and Jonathan have their conversation while they're prepping the the sensory deprivation tank at the pizza place for for eleven, yeah. why that conversation was so much more impactful, uh, because because. He no- Jonathan notices that Mike's not really understanding <laughs> what Will's trying to tell him. Right. And, and and Jonathan has to be like, you know what? This is also my fault that you have had no one to talk to about these things. Right. So I, I, I did really, really like that, that, that sort of bringing the brothers back together again, bringing the Byers brothers back together. I did really like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, because that's definitely a, you know, that's a huge driving factor of the first season. Yeah, yeah, thousand percent, so thousand, thousand percent. All right, um, let's talk. I guess we need to talk about our, our, our group in Hawkins, right? Who's getting ready to storm the house? They have yeah. the plan for Vecna. You know, we're talking about Nancy. We're talking about Steve. We're talking about Dustin and Eddie and and and. Oh my God, why am I blanking on her name? The sister. No, uh, I'm looking at her name too, but because Lucas, Lucas, Erica, oh my God! And what is Steve's best friend's name? Robin. Robin, thank you. Holy smokes! It just slipped out of my brain. But yeah, they're they're masterminding the attack plan on Vecna. They got a whole thing lined up. It's ready to go. Uh, I really like the way that Nancy sort of takes charge, kind of lays it down. Like, here's what we're doing. Here's the steps. We're not going to do anything in, until we're ready to do things. Everything's going to be, like, really methodical. Yeah. Um, what did you think, by and large, of the – I mean, obviously, for me, that was my favorite element of the, of the plot. That, that's the plot that I'm most invested in is, is, okay. is these guys, you know, storming the castle. They're going to they're gonna lure Vecna with Max taking the headphones off. 
You know, she's yeah. going to go into the trance. They're going to try and get Vecna while he's in his trance. You know, like like Dustin makes the metaphor, the comparison, they're like Dracula sleeping in the coffin. Yes. Love all of that. So great. It's 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 there's a lot going on in this sequence. Yeah. Particularly when they're interslicing it with the other stuff going on with the other characters in the other parts of the world. Um, but this is where my focus is, is 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 the highest, right? Yeah, I mean, I think. How much of the, I, I mean, does this so. all work for you? Was there anything you butted up against? Uh, how you know? I, I, just tell me your feelings going through this the, the the sequence with these characters. I mean, I th- I thought it all worked very well. Um, I th- I think rightfully so that that's where the audience is or engagement is supposed to be that, you know, Vecna is the main threat. So we're focused mostly on the group that's dealing with that. Um, and then, you know, they get L and Mike and them involved in it as well. So those two storylines start to merge. Yeah. Now, did um, you, did you like the whole piggyback thing? The fact that oh, Elle, I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was a great way to solve the distance issue. Yes. You put they make that isolation tank for for L in the back of the Surfer Boy Pizza place, and and she's able to it, it in possibly okay. You might know better than me. Possibly the best like psychic mind fight we've ever seen depicted in in in, in movies, TV, cinema, whatever. I don't know, man. Sherlock Holmes too. The, oh come on, dude. <laughs> Listen, I love that movie, <laughs> but like this is. Why Why is Stranger Things doing X-Men stuff better than the X-Men movies? Because the X-Men movies suck. Exactly, right? But the, the X-Men movies should have mind fights down to a T by now. They've made 8,000 of those movies, and they've never gotten it right. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, they did some good stuff in X2 with a – there was some kind of like – it wasn't like a mind fight. Right, but there was. I'm talking mind fight. the 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 only mind fight that I thought was even close to this one was the one in Dark City. I haven't watched Dark City in so long. I love that so mind fight. I mean, that's more of a more of a telekinetic battle, I suppose. Yeah, aren't they just like staring at each other with like bubbles shooting out of their forehead? <laughs> yeah, but this was awesome. I mean, this was kind of like the everything, right? And yeah, the way the way it's all all done up, the way it's put together, you know, Max trying to hide in in safe memories, Vecna corrupting those memories. Uh, you know, Eleven trying to make contact. The, meanwhile, like, Max is in the spell. You got Lucas and Jason battling each other around her. You know, trying to break up the whole thing. And then, and then, and then, in 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 perhaps, probably, most likely, the greatest thing in the history of Stranger Things, Eddie on top of a, a mobile home, playing Master of Puppets to distract everybody. I mean, okay. Well, Come on. crazy. I'm not going to say that's the greatest. Come thing. on! No. <laughs> For one thing, they horribly edited the song. Those, those they did rough edits. They did not like, have seven you... minutes to play the song. I'm sorry. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe you could have chosen Battery or something. <laughs> you know? oh, you... No, Master of Puppets was the appropriate song for that sequence. I mean, I get it. I understand the choice of the song, but they horribly edited it, and it was noticeable. So and I, much and when, metal. 
when those edits occurred, it took me out of it. Oh, I was my like, God, oh, man. I was They're really, not going to really play the whole this. song. I'm not asking them to play the whole song, but just play the song. And then when the scene needs to end, you end the song. Like, oh, got to gotta run. No, got to end this song in the Wrong. middle. Nope. Nope. Yes. Nope. Yes. You get the opening, you get the first verses, and you get the solo. And, you, you know, I and the, uh, again, and it's being juxtaposed against – Vecna stalking Max in her memories. You got her dead brother banging through a door. It's awesome. I I don't I don't disagree with you, but they horribly edited the song. They <laughs> could have found something else. You're a fucking asshole right now. I hate you so much. Sorry. <laughs> You're asshole. Sorry, don't ruin Master of Puppets. <laughs> they didn't. Oh, mm. by the way, what's the number one song on iTunes right now? Master of Motherfucking Puppets. A song that's 34 years old. Good. I'm glad people are enjoying it. <laughs> and Metallica, they just put out a video of them wearing Hellfire Club t-shirts playing the song. It's awesome. Right. Good for them. You know who did the guitar track for that, right? For Stranger Things? Yeah. I, I, I My understanding is the actor played it. No, it, uh, it it's Trey Tejulio, uh, Robert Trejulio's son. Oh, okay. Who uh, who st- who stepped in to help do the ba- the, the riffs? Uh, Joe Joe Quinn knows a little guitar, but he you know not that much guitar. Let's put it that way. Okay, so maybe what I was seeing was he just like practiced the the moves. Yeah, so that, I, and I, I you know I, I think I think Joe Quinn learned how to play it, but I think you know when it actually comes to making it sound appropriate, you probably had to have like a, a professional come in uh, come on board. Yeah, I don't you know I'm not an A and R guy. I don't know. <laughs> can we can we take a moment? Why you need me to 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 lighten up off off of your your Metallica hate? I'm sick of this shit from you. I'm not hating on Metallica. I'm <laughs> hating on badly edited Metallica. Fuck you! All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Okay. All right. <sighs> Dude, most oh, metal ever. <laughs> All right, so I can't let you off the off the hook completely just yet for the Master Puppet stuff, but because okay. I, I, I got to tell you, and I don't know if you did the same thing I did or, or what, but uh, I didn't, you know, a, a, a couple of days before they were releasing these these final two episodes, uh, they they put like out like a new trailer, uh, you know, to like like they they needed like they needed to convince me to watch the last two episodes, uh, right. so I didn't watch it. I was like, fuck that, I don't want to see anything. Yeah. No. Okay, you skipped it too. Yeah. All right. Because apparently in that trailer there is a shot of of, of Eddie on the camper with the with the guitar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought too when I heard about this. And and apparently like the the way he was holding the fretboard indicated to some Metallica fans that they they were gonna play that song. Okay. And I found this all out like on, off of Metallica's like Twitter feed because I guess I guess fans have been hitting them up since that trailer came out and they weren't allowed okay. to say anything. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know that that was going to happen. I didn't know they were going to have Eddie on a camper playing guitar at all, let alone that it would be Master of Puppets. So yeah. so when it happened, when it occurred, when the signal is conveyed that they're going to, to phase three and it's time to, to distract the demo bats and it's going to be Eddie on, on top of the camper playing guitar and when he hits those opening chords of Master of Puppets, my fucking jaw hit the fucking floor. I, <laughs> I lost my mind. I was so fucking pumped, dude. 
Oh, I look, I I loved it. I'm just saying they very poorly edited the song. I, so I've watched the sequence. I wish they had done a better job. I have watched the sequence 45 times now. <laughs> and I have I, I, I have come to accept why they did what they did, when they did what they did. They incorporated the songs in the way they needed to for certain shots in particular. I, I think if you go back and watch it again, I, you'll kind of see. You'll, I think I you'll come it. around. I think you'll come around. Just watch it again. I, uh, I, there's, again, there's not much to come around on. I like the fact that they use the song. I understand how and why they use the song. I just think those edits were really terrible. I think you're really terrible right now, and I I want you to know I that from the bottom you, of my heart how much I dislike you at the moment. I think your standards are too low. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, is that a shot of my life in general? Is that what you're saying? Are you firing shots at my entire life right now? I am only <laughs> talking about your entertainment choices. Whoa! That is my life. <laughs> oh, well, sorry. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Podcast is over. Wow. <laughs> All right, well, Mark's clearly in the wrong here. I'm right. It's the greatest moment in the history of Stranger Things. Uh, moving on. <laughs> but let's, t- let's, let's talk about Eddie. All right. Okay. Eddie. Eddie runs. Eddie. Eddie the banished. Uh, as he says at the beginning, towards the beginning of this episode, he and Dustin—they're no heroes, right? But he makes right. a stand. He fights off the demo bats, buys more time for Steve and 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 Nancy and everybody who's storming the house trying to kill Vecna while he's in the trance. I I know you and I texted a little bit about it, but but are, are you are you still feeling like that death wasn't uh, strong enough? Yeah. Still feeling it, huh? The, yeah. The, the noble just, sacrifice, you weren't feeling it. No, not really, because I don't... Because at that point in time, if I recall correctly, you know, Steve and Nancy and Robin were already being choked out by the vines. They I don't think the Demobats were really that much of a threat. I mean, I guess they could have come in. There was a lot of them. And, and killed them. <laughs> No, I'm not saying that, that there wasn't a lot of them, but it, it just seemed like um, like I didn't really think about the the bats going to kill Steve and Nancy and Robin. Like I, I felt like they were already kind of being taken care of and you know, Vecna wasn't gonna sick the bats after Well, them. they they had to call the bats away so that Steve and Nancy and, and, and they, so that, so they could enter the house. Right. They just needed a window of opportunity, and they right. had been given that window of opportunity. Right. But the, the assumption being that, like, once the distraction was over, they could just go back to the house and then, you yeah. know, find, find everybody and, 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 and pick them apart. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. The, I mean, the, the fact that they, they ended up getting detected by, by Vecna and choked out by his, by his uh, uh, sentient vines, you know, right. that just – that happens. That happens when you have sentient vines. You know, but I, um, and and again, we we talked a little bit, texted a little bit about this. You know, it is it is part of the the Stranger Things formula now that they're every season they introduce a new likable character that is basically kind of there to be offed. And to uh, uh, you know, get some emotion out of the audience, and um, 
completely forgot where I was going with that. Sorry. Well, that's okay. That's all right. I, I mean, I, th- I, I have one one example to to kind of refute that, and I don't I don't think you're necessarily, you know, wrong completely on this one. I I I I, I get it. I I I I think there should have been. You know, like I think you said in the last episode, like someone kind of needs to pay the price here of the main cast, right? Um, and and they didn't do that. Eddie became our sacrificial lamb. Oh, I, sorry. And 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 Eddie, you know, I again, I think for Eddie, it was it was a a moment for that character to kind of like rewrite his own reputation, destiny, fate, whatever you want to call it, by making that that stand by by sacrificing himself to say, you know for the betterment of the group. But also because they pay, I, you know, and again, you can you can come after the Duffer Brothers, but they they put themselves in a real bind, you know. How do you bring that character back, and and have him just go about his life? He's still accused of the murder of Chrissy. He's still accused now. He's accused of running a cult. I mean, if he goes back, if he survives this, his life's gonna be shit. <laughs> and maybe he partly knows that. That like you know what, I'm gonna make the stand that I should have made the first time around or, or, or whatever, like not like he could have done anything against Vecna when she, when he was, when Vecna was killing Chrissy, but he, he goes on his own terms. And I, I, I choose to respect that. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. But, but that, yeah, that like that, that is kind of my problem. That's what I was going to say is that, that, you know, that was my problem with it was it felt like they had just written themselves into a corner with the character where it was like, oh, well, we can't really bring him back because he's accused of murder and people aren't going to believe this crazy story that he tells. But, you know, I kind of, I refute that because of the way the season ends. It, you know, it looks like the people in Hawkins are going to be exposed to the upside down and all the kind of craziness that everyone's been going through. And so there might've still been a chance for Eddie to clear his name. So I'm, I, I'm just not sure how necessary it was out, outside I, of being a tearjerker. I, I, I agree. I agree. And obviously it made me sad, but the, 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 what I would, what I would use as an example to sort of refute the idea that they introduce these new characters just to kill them off. So they don't have to kill the main cast is Robin. Because I was terrified for Robin in season three, <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, I love this character, and they're gonna they're gonna off her. She's gonna die at the fucking mall, <laughs> and somehow she lived to see to see another day. And I was sort of had hoped. Obviously, my I made my declaration of love for Eddie the last time we talked about this. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I was like, I don't know how they get themselves out of the the, the corner they painted themselves into. Now, granted, they could have put Eddie out in the woods with Hopper and Eleven, and and maybe figured something out. Um, and, and you know, and maybe there's still a way, maybe there's something else going on that we don't know about, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, the, the show does have a bit of a problem with his refusal to kill his main characters. So, but to refute your refutation also, remember, <laughs> I refute also, your refuting for, it seems as though that for one lovable character that they kill, there's also one lovable character that they leave alive because in season two, they also introduce Max who they left alive in season two while they killed Bob Newby. So in season three, they introduced Robin, they keep Robin alive, and but they killed Alexi. I don't remember Alexi. That's the problem. I know they talked about that in the, in the article I sent you from Collider. And I was like, who the fuck was Alexi? Alexi was awesome. He was the Russian scientist. 
Oh, that just okay. That sounds a little familiar. Built the key. Built the the key to open the gate beneath the 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 the, the Starcourt Mall. Okay, that sounds a little familiar. I gotta, and, I gotta rewatch this fucking. Show. And he's he's so great. He's so great in that role. And uh, and yeah, when he dies, it really sucks. It's like he's happy. He just won his stuffed Woody Woodpecker at the carnival. You think he's gonna have a nice life in America? So what you're saying is that we we lose Eddie, but we gain Yuri. Is that your, is that what you're pitching to me, Mark? I'm not buying it. I don't care well, about the peanut butter smuggler. Fuck that guy. Yuri or Anton? Did Anton? But yeah, but did either of these characters come to America though? I don't think they were. They weren't in Hawkins at the end. Yeah, I don't know, but I also feel like we're not done with the Russia connection. So yeah, I very awesome. much think at least one of them could be uh, could be in season five. Um, but actually, I, I wouldn't make that uh, illusion. We get, unfortunately, the very unlovable Argyle. Oh, that's right. We got Argyle. Argyle survives. <laughs> hey, Argyle sucks. All right, and, and let's 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 talk real quickly about Argyle because I want to say that that he has perhaps the greatest offense in the history of Stranger Things. He perpetuates this lie that ham and pineapple is a good pizza, and I will not tolerate that kind of nonsense in my Stranger Things. I'm just going to say that, that is a truth. And you know, <laughs> you know who doesn't like ham and pineapple pizza? Mike. You know who's unlikable? Mike. So you're saying I'm Mike. You're Mike. Fuck you're Mike you. in this situation. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> You're all wrong. It doesn't matter. It's brilliant. Ham, Hawaiian pizza is the bomb. Oh, you and Janine can go have all the fucking ham and pineapple pizza you can handle. I know. It's the main reason why I like visiting you. I, one time I get Hawaiian pizza. I tease I tease my wife all the time that our, our relationship is built on a lie because <laughs> I spent like the first year of our relationship eating ham and pineapple pizza and pretending I liked it. <laughs> oh, well, see, that's your problem is that you were forcing yourself to do it. You didn't allow yourself to like appreciate it. Well, I thought that if I would, did it enough, I would earn some goodwill and she'd have like a pepperoni pizza once in a while and that never happened. So well, and that's... it was like, get out of here with your ham and pineapple. I'm done. You know, it's a two-way street. Reciprocation is the foundation part of the foundation of any relationship so yeah she should be willing to not have that well <laughs> eventually that's why people listen relationship advice <laughs> yeah not what we should be doling out from ever. a man who is not good at relationships are you talking about me or you i'm talking about me <laughs> <laughs> that's all right i could be talking about me too who cares hey, you're you're we're not let's not <laughs> why she's not listening <laughs> No, I was just going to say, you you have been married for almost 10 years. I think you're doing fine. <laughs> well, I'm just easygoing, you know. It's fine. I'm just very go with the flow. I'm like, ah, you are. Whatever. You are. <laughs> and then I have to watch Stranger Things in, alone in the middle of the night by myself. So <laughs> there you go. I mean, me too. So <laughs> Especially when they're an hour and a half long. Oh, my goodness. Oh, let me let me share. Uh, you know, for, since you brought that up, let me let me for the record. I want I want to share how I watched these final two episodes, because uh, I was in, you know I was gonna go on an internet social media blackout until I finished the show. I was not gonna go on on the internet at all. I didn't okay. want to risk any sort of spoilers for these final two episodes. Uh, yeah. and, and so my 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 work schedule had been sort of altered that week. Uh, 
and, and it, it sort of worked in my favor that I was ended up being off. I think I was off. My day off was like that Thursday or whatever. So I I was like, oh, well, I'll get a bunch of shit done during the day. And and what I'm going to do, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to bed early on Thursday. I'm going to get up <laughs> at 2.45 in the morning to oh watch God. episode eight before I go to work. And and oh, I'm, that, that's the other element of the of the story too. Is that I got my work schedule changed uh, for that Friday, where they let me come in uh, like early, so I could come home early. So I, I was off at like one o'clock or whatever, like that. So I was like, okay, cool. Now that that's in place, I'm gonna get up at two forty-five. I'm gonna watch episode eight before I go to work because I I had Google to see what the runtime was gonna be on the shows on the episodes. It's like I'll get up, watch episode eight, go to work at five, golden. All right, and then I'm gonna come home one o'clock. Walk the dogs, get my shit together, have a little have a little energy drink, <laughs> so I don't fall asleep, and then I'm watching two hours and twenty minutes of episode nine. I'm gonna crush this baby on that Friday, and that's exactly what happened, and it was glorious. Good job. <laughs> hey, gotta have goals. Gotta have goals, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Now that that's said, let's get to the the, the sort of the heart. The con, the main conflict. What we've been waiting for again. Again, Vecna is haunting Max. He's coming after. He's corrupting her memories. He's on the verge of killing her. He's got her up against the wall in in, in the, the corrupted memory of the the snowball dance that they went to in season two or whatever it was. Season two. Season two. And then, just as we were like, oh my god, oh my god, Max is about to get it. Vecna thrown back, held up in air in, in, in his Jesus Christ pose and, and and Eleven enters the stage and now we got it. Eleven versus one, the rematch that we've all been waiting for since episode seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I loved all this so, so much. Talk to me about it, Mark. How did, how did, how did it work for you? How did it affect you? Give me, give me what was going on in your heart, in your mind. All I mean, time. I... You know, I I thought it was great. Uh, very entertaining, considering that it's really just two people staring at each other, throwing each other around for a little while. But they somehow made it very entertaining. That oh, was fantastic. I, I loved it so much. It was it was great. Again, uh, 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 the sort of battle you would expect to see in a, in a movie like the X Men, uh, but you yeah. never have. You get it in this. And it's yeah. it's it's wonderful. It's glorious. It's well executed. Looks fantastic. You know, I know I know Stranger Things has a massive budget uh, nowadays, but this show always looked good, even from day one when they didn't have the massive budget. But right. they they use every penny so well in yeah. in the in this show that like I, to me, I'm, I'm I believe everything that is happening. I'm like, yep, that's what it would be like to have a mind fight. <laughs> like, there we go. Let's do this. I mean, yeah, it was just sure. I guess. <laughs> But you know all the all the moments, the back and forth between the two characters. Uh, you know, Vecna eventually will gain the upper hand. He's gonna try and kill Max again. He's gonna make Eleven watch. Let's sort of talk about, I guess, like the big reveal, right? That Vecna doesn't work for the Mind Flayer. The Mind Flayer works for Vecna. Vecna's sort of been the guy behind it all since day one. Right. How does that work for you? Do you buy it? Does it jive? Does it make sense? Um, kind of, kind of talk me, talk me through your feelings on that. Um, 
does it make sense? Yeah. Um, I was a little disappointed. Really? Okay. Yeah, like it's it's not that I don't like it. it it's cool. Um, but I liked the idea that they were coming up against this otherworldly dominating intelligence like a Cthulhu type thing. And it's like, oh, it's just this guy who was banished to another realm and he has mind powers. Okay. Well, I mean, he finds the Demigorgons and he finds what we call the Mind Flayer and all, all these different right. beings in this dimension. I, yeah. I love that sequence as he's kind of talking about him becoming an explorer in this new realm that he's in. Straight uh, out be- of Hellraiser. Right. Because it's it's very much, you know, he's walking through this world and it's not the upside down that we know. Right. And I'm I'm I, I'm hoping that in season five we'll get some some clarity or some explanation or if it's some some kind of like psychic bleed through from the from the dimensions kind of intersecting with each other at a certain point because I, I I still want to know how the upside down looks like that or why or if that's some sort of Vecna influence. Do you have- yeah, I was thinking either Vecna created it that way, like like designed like it that way it. intentionally, or that be, because there's definitely to, you know the, the mind flare has like some it's alive so it has some kind of intelligence so in creating this symbiosis that it seems to have with Vecna did it kind of infiltrate his memories and kind of from that reshape the upside down to kind of to kind of match that yeah, I, I sort of wonder because it, you know, Vecna talks about at this point. At this point in the in the episode, it, it's revealed that like Vecna's plan is is the four kills, four chimes of the bell on his clock, the four portals, and that's gonna like allow the upside down to come to Earth, basically, right? And and yeah. Vecna talks about reshaping earth like reality as we, as we know it and so i sort of wonder if the upside down was was like uh, an, an experiment of sorts with him with his new power of sort of like warping and reshaping reality and it, now that he sort of has mastered that in the upside down he's going to take it to to our reality our dimension and put sure. it into effect they're yeah. they're they're real vague with a lot of things <laughs> yeah but there's got to be a reason and you know we, we you know we talked about it last time we didn't get the the answer for why the upside down is 1983 Hawkins and not sort of moving right. in a linear fashion th- through time. It's obviously Vecna glan- glan- gleaned something in '83 when 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 uh, Eleven opened the portal again, and 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 that's what bled through or whatever. I you know I don't know. I'm hoping we'll get a little bit more clarity on all that, but it seems like Vecna might have the ability to again sort of. A, shape reality in a sense yes um i agree with the mind flare i think he needs the mind flare to do these things uh, right yeah yeah like like i'm agreeing with a lot of what you're saying but because like yeah i've spent a lot of time thinking about this and i'm like i'm not sure that it makes sense if it's just sort of Vecna reshaping the world because like how would he really know what Hawkins was like 
1983. Like, well, yeah, that's they, why I thought it was like a, is, like a psychic bleed through or something like that, or like he's connecting to the victims or, or something. I, and again, I, I need an explanation. But, but what he's not connecting to anybody back then. Like when 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 we first see the upside down in, in season one, it's already a carbon copy. It, well, no, a and, twisted like, version. No, don't get me wrong. The, the Defer brothers have to kind of course correct their show in a, in a sense. Is like they, they've established this, but they have to give me the reason why. Right, and that's the thing. I'm I'm wondering if the sort of time distortion is going to be an element in the next season yeah. that the characters exploit. Uh, because yeah, they didn't really, they did not address that at all. And I, you know, as as I said the last time we talked about this, I certainly hope it's not something that they just drop uh, simply because they needed there to be a reason for there not to be guns in Nancy's room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm a little worried that that might be what it is. No, no, I I I I feel like at this point, like they 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 know their end game, and and they're they're just making they're 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 putting the dots together. They're getting their ducks in a row, you know, whatever expression you want to use, and 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 I think we'll get there. Like I I feel like they wouldn't have done this. I I I, I choose to believe they wouldn't have done this if they didn't if they weren't going to have an explanation for down the road. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I think I think the the show has been um, has done an incredibly good job. Has always done an incredibly good job of like bringing together storylines and and elements and whatnot. Um, you know, so yeah, that does give me hope that they will incorporate it. But you know, you never know. All right, so I want I want to get to sort of the. For like five whole seconds, the presumed demise of Vecna, right? So we got Mike, you know, yelling, talking to Eleven while she's in the deprivation tank, while she's in being held captive in 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 the the psychic realm, if you will, you know, where Vecna's trying to kill Max. I mean, it's a whole thing. Like, if you're not watching yes. the episodes, I don't know how to how to paint this picture because it's kind of crazy <laughs> but you know mike's doing the confession the the whole like i love you thing you need to keep fighting you can't give up now it's time to fight save our friends because max is about to get killed now mike doesn't know that but eleven's watching as vecna's putting the moves on got the hands up over the head of of max she's all floating up in the house in real life uh, you know, all the bad things are happening um Again, there's so many elements that are coming together here. And then you also have, back in Russia, this is when you have uh, 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 Hopper fighting the Demigorgon and the other Demigorgon right. getting burned to a crisp. So Vecna's getting, he's about to get assaulted on, on multiple fronts here without even really realizing it's happening. Yes. Um, but, but but talk to me about, about let's, let's address Max first, right? She's back in the trance. She's in the spell. She's getting her, her limbs broken, which I was I was flipping out about. I was like, oh, my God. You know, thinking that he was actually going to kill her because it was goddamn close. Well, I mean, he did technically, <laughs> but 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 yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Can, I, how do you walk through that sequence? I mean, there's just so much happening, and then as Vecna's killing Max, Eleven's getting free, and she, next thing you know, the screen goes black, and then it cuts back, and Vecna's flying back a thousand feet against the wall, and right. it's awesome. It's awesome, but Max is is fucked up. <laughs> at this point, but Eleven's you know showing off the power, right? You know, he's about to crush him, 
and give her right. friends the chance because now Vecna, she's not just hitting Vecna like in the psychic realm. She's hitting him so hard that it's weakening him in reality at the same time, you know, because of what's going on in Russia and what's about to happen in the house with in the Upside Down with Nancy, Robin, and Steve. So it's all coming together. It's all happening. She's buying her friends a chance because that punch that she throws that knocks him back 2,000 feet or whatever the hell it was gets the vines off of everybody in the house. So Robin, Steve, right. and, and, and Nancy are able to proceed with their plan to kill Vecna while he's in the trance. Um, right. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm talking a mile a minute here, but like, tell me how, you, how this plays for you. Like, are, are, you, are you in? Are you on the edge of your seat like I was? I mean, th- this was intense. I loved this no, all so much. I, I, you know, like I just – I loved it. I, I think they did a great job of cutting back and forth and choosing the right moments and, and beats to – like where to place the cuts and again just like how everything was shot uh i could not help but to think that when nancy was shooting vecna with her shotgun that she had listened to jason and gone with a, <laughs> a powerful 357 I, so okay you brought it up I, I i love the sequence you know again you got hopper in russia killing demi gorgons you got uh, uh, 11 laying down the badness in, in, in the psychic realm and, and, right. and Nancy, Stephen, Robin in the upside down uh, with Vecna in the trance, right? And yes. as great as a visual effect as it is of, of Robin and Steve hurling Molotov cocktails at Vecna's body and, and lighting him on fire, um, I can't help but question why? <laughs> why what? Vecna... Uh, Vecna has been punched so hard by Eleven that all the, the psychic vines have retreated from the house. You now have carte blanche to walk up to Vecna with your shotgun and Kurt Cobain that motherfucker. Oh, yeah. And so I don't quite – and again, I know it's the storytelling aspects. They're like, oh, well, we got a season five to do. We can't kill Vecna yet. But it's just like, why don't you walk up to Vecna, put that shotgun under his fucking chin, and blow his fucking brains out? It's a little I mean, hard to swallow, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. It's the one sort of big crack where I'm just like, they could have ended this just by closing the distance. What do you mean closing the distance? Again, they, they could have walked, they, they legitimately could have walked to his body hanging there in the attic and put the gun in his mouth. Yeah. You did well, not have... I mean, maybe they thought that would bring him out of the trance or something. I mean, maybe the only that the only thing I the, the 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 only way I sort of rationalized it was was there was an element of fear, <laughs> like. Well, there's an element of fear. Plus, the other like the other thing about it is that um, like the upside, everything in the upside down, the demigorgons are like they they hate fire, so hit him with the Molotov cocktails first. Maybe. What I mean, thinking. his flesh is pretty desiccated as it is. I don't know how well desiccated flesh burns. <laughs> so, I mean, everything seems to burn in the upside down. I don't. You know. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, like Nancy was so so convinced four episodes ago that if we had some guns in the upside down, I I would I you know bring the bring the thunder. And it's yeah, like, but you know, I think the thing about Nancy is, as, as we learned, she doesn't know much about guns. She knows how to use them, but you know, maybe she ought to learn about calibers and things like that. Uh, sort. I mean, again, like I said, you you had the boomstick in your hands. All you had to do was put it under his chin, and problem solved. I just, mean, you I'm could just, just end up with an arse face situation. <laughs> 
put the gun in the mouth, just like his dad told him. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I appreciate that correction. You, you, you. No, wait. I thought Arsface did put it in his mouth. No, he put it under his chin, and that's how he only blew off his face. And it was his dad, the cop, who told him, it's like, you should have put the gun in your mouth, you idiot. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take your word for it on that one. I, I, I do not remember Preacher Volume 1 that well. <laughs> how could you forget that? I I mean, the, 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 I remember it. I just remember the finer details. <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason, like, just that dialogue and, like, the, the framing of the comic book itself, I just ingrained in my memory. Well, I mean, if you wanted to be thematically accurate, what you would have done is you would have given Nancy, Robin, or Steve a Conan sword, and they just would have cut off Vecna's head. <laughs> that would have been pretty effective, too. I mean, Steve, Steve had an axe. Why does Steve have his bat with the nails in it? What happened? Uh, that's a good question. I don't like that. Was like his signature weapon in season one and two, and now it's gone. Did it? Did it get destroyed? And I forgot. I don't think it did. No, because yeah, he has it with him in in season two when they go into the tunnels. I don't. I don't recall him losing it. Yeah, because like that was a great moment in season two when he opens the trunk and pulls that out. And you're like, oh shit, he's got the bat. I didn't exclaim it like that. But. <laughs> You're not quite as emotional as I am when I watch these shows. No, I'm not. So yeah, I, I have some uh, criticisms of the of the attack plan that the that the the gang the Scooby Gang came up with to deal with. Yeah, Vecna. because because then it shifts into a very Michael Myers scenario. Vecna's on fire. He's getting shotgun shots uh, in the abdomen, never in the face. I'm like okay, right. I get it, center mass, but Jesus. It's a supernatural being, for God's sake. Just shoot him in the fucking face. And then he yeah. falls out the window, very Michael Myers style, and I said, they're going to go down the stairs, and he's not going to be there, and I'm going to be right. sort of annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah, exactly I, what happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. You know. So a, a season that was very heavy on, on Friday the 13th, I'm sorry, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, uh, uh, visuals and, and sort of, you know, uh, homages – now ends with a Michael Myers one, a little Halloween homage at the end. Yeah, I mean they do like their Halloween. You know they they use you, you, the yeah. Michael Myers, the mask Michael Myers again. mask. Yeah, Max's Michael yeah. Myers mask returns so that Eddie can steal that RV. Yeah, which kind of I, that was something. You know, I was like that wasn't really necessary. No, not at all. Not, I, it not just, at all. It was just again, it was a callback. It was a callback. It was a callback and kind of one of those like nostalgia things that, you know, it's one of the few things about the show that, not that I don't like, but kind of rubs against me. It's like, eh, that was for I mean, no reason other than, ooh, nostalgia, fan service. Yeah, I mean, the only, 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 only thing I could think of is like, he didn't want some neighbor to see him and then call the cops. But I mean, like, you're stealing an RV. They're gonna call, someone's calling the cops in a minute anyways. You're stealing an RV and no one's paying attention. <laughs> like, there's no one in this... There's no one in this RV park. No, I mean, like again, it's a it's a rundown motorhome full of, of of people probably living off like workers' comp or whatever, and you know it's ten in the morning or whatever, and they're probably already drunk off their asses off the cheapest bottle of vodka they can find. Sure, I'm stereotyping and generalizing. Yes, you are, <laughs> and maybe that's inappropriate of me. Wow, but I think that's exactly what they're depicting in that trailer park. Yes, it is. <laughs> See, okay, there that's, it is. That's what they were doing. They were watching TV at. Whatever time of day that was. It, it, it looked like the morning, but what do I know? The, the Time is nebulous in, in Stranger Things land. 
Yeah, it could have just been Quabby. I mean, they need that RV to go to the war zone. That's right. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick break, and then uh, we'll wrap this puppy up. What do you say? Okie doke. All right. So let's talk about the, the sort of the aftermath of, of of Vecna, right? You know, Eleven does her thing, breaks the spell, Max comes back down, but again, broken limbs, blinded, bleeding from the eyes, uh, only to eventually die in Lucas's arms. And that sort of begins the Vecna prophecy, I guess, if you will, with uh, the four deaths, the four portals, and then uh, these, like, I don't know, what do, what do you want to call them? Like, just like uh, fault lines erupting from the portals into Hawkins, right? It's just the the four different gates expanding okay. and then meeting in the center. Yeah, and, and like, so so catastrophe, catastrophe falls on Hawkins, Indiana. Yeah. Um, and we don't really see much of the aftermath of it, but we see that sort of like the, the – you know, we didn't talk about it, but at the very beginning of Episode eight, Vecna kind of showing this prophecy to Nancy – Yes, and, and 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 we didn't know how the hows are wise, but it's sort of coming true, and maybe not in the way the Vecna planned, but at least that part is. So I want to ask you: Was was did Vecna foresee this? Well, what do you mean? Well, I mean he showed he showed Nancy the future, basically, you know, and yes. and, and she saw these things, and she saw these elements, and 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 basically like the, the upside down invading Hawkins, and this right. seems to be the first step. With with these the sort of like uh, a, a crossroads of, of, yeah. of fissures, yes. Um, but do you think do you? I guess was 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 Vecna fighting Eleven part of this? Like, it, I mean, Vecna called this the beginning of the end, right? So has this all been anticipated? Do do they now have to find a way to fight fate or fight destiny? Like, is Vecna ahead of the curve? Um, I that's mean, a, that's a tough question. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going to say yes, because you're you're saying it's like a prophecy. I didn't take it as a prophecy so much as this is just Vecna's plan. And this is what he wants to do. And that's what he showed Nancy. Mm-hmm. Not that it was any kind of like prophecy. Well, OK, but maybe prophecy is not the, right, not the word I, w- I should have used. But again, this is what he, sh- he showed her. This is what they were trying to prevent by killing him, by, by getting him in the, in the right. trance and, and all these things. I mean, this is what spurred everything forward. Yes. I guess I just want it doesn't it didn't seem like Vecna counted on 11, but it all still comes to fruition. So I you know, I, I guess we will see what the ramifications are moving forward on our own. Um how did you feel about 11 though saving Max? Um I'm not the biggest fan of it. Okay. Because I don't think you can have Eleven out there running around just resurrecting people. Now, she didn't really resurrect her in uh, a great way. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm just not that huge of a fan of it. Mm -hmm. She kind of, uh, in the words of Anakin Skywalker learned to stop people from dying. Well, it, but did she though? I guess is sort of the question because 
you know, while her body lives on due to 11, whatever Eleven does to, to get her heart going again, when she goes into, into, like, that psychic realm, you know, Max isn't there. Right. You know, so it, it's sort of like, is the body alive, but the, the soul and the spirit gone? Is the person gone? So, I, I, you know, we're, we're sort of left in that, that sort of ambiguous state. Right. And it was Max's, you know, death for that, that, that minute that she was dead that, that triggered the, I don't know, convergence or whatever you want to call it between the Upside right. Down and Hawkins where, where, the, where the gates all opened and, and these giant fissures that are, that are by, by the normies called earthquakes in, in, in Hawkins. Yes. Um, yeah. It, there's. I have a lot of questions about about how the, sh- the how the show kind of ends because there's not a lot of explanation for anything, <laughs> and I think it's by design. I. I. You know. I, again, I sort of wonder how much of this is like Vecna knew. How much of this did he anticipate? But I don't. I don't think he anticipated eleven. I don't think he anticipated uh, sort of being thwarted, and no. and you know the gates are open, but his plan hasn't hasn't not come to fruition just yet. He's. As Will right. tells us, once he senses him, once Will's back in Hawkins, how he can kind of feel him. Right. Um, and, and again, co- you know, coinciding with the revelation that it's always been Vecna since day one. You know, Will now realizes that I felt him in my mind. I know what he thinks. I know how he thinks. Uh, so, I, I again, I don't think Vecna was prepared for it to happen this way necessarily, but it still happened. Right. So, it, I don't know. I guess does it sort of like even the playing field in a sense? For them all, like the decks are cleared, like Vecna got this far, but no further. I mean, I, we're speculating. Don't worry, you can say whatever you want at this point. Like, no, we, I'm we just. Have, we have no I, I don't know. I, I think. I think you're overthinking it. I okay. feel like <laughs> that's. Possible. I just feel like I just feel like he won. Okay. Okay. Like he got. Like he got what he wanted. Is it a little delayed? Because yeah, he received some interference, but at the end of the day. He survived, and he's going to do something. The upside down invade the the, the real Hawkins. Um, you know, like yeah, he still has to contend with with L. But um, you know, like I think he thought she was either out of the way or that he would be able to get her out of the way. Um, but more or less, he. Like he won, he kind of accomplished his goal. Yeah, there were sort of like we talked about with 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 Nancy and 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 Steve and Robin in the Upside Down when they're, when they're attacking Vecna when he's when he's in his most vulnerable. I, I feel like there should have been a moment before Vecna flipped the window where he's like, "You should have aimed for the head." And he should have gave some, gave some Thanos wisdom to these guys because it's like Jesus Christ <laughs> could have solved all these problems if he just had done a fucking aim for the head. Right. Uh, again, so, she had, she had sawed off that shotgun. It's a widespread. Even if she had aimed for the head, I'm not sure that would have killed him. I, I mean, you're not you're not wrong. Steve with the 357 makes a lot more sense. <laughs> but again, a shotgun in the mouth would have just been fine as well. Yeah, but you put it in his mouth, it might wake him up, and then you're in trouble. Well, that's why you get a double barrel. You can just fire twice. But okay, different, different, different problems. Uh, okay, so aside from sort of like the looming threat to Hawkins, you know, with people pouring out of the town, they're leaving. The news reports that the town is cursed. It's, it's the gateway to hell's been opened. All the, all the, you know, the hyperbole. It's all there. It's all, all, it's all right on. It does sort of end with with a nice note though, with all the characters kind of coming together, reuniting. You know, Eleven and Hopper. 
uh, Joyce and her kids. It, it, it all comes yeah. together really nicely, I think, at the very end. And then they they tease us, you know, by by with the, with the um, that that upside down ashiness like kind ash. of falling from the sky. Yeah. yeah. But uh, how did the how did the emotional reunion reunions work for you? Pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Let me ask you about this one, because a lot of this season is is, is Steve talking to Nancy and kind of not not necessarily like pitching her on the on the idea that he's changed, but kind of sort of pitching her on the idea that he's changed. He's a changed man. He's a better man than he was when they broke up years ago. Yeah. Um, and then she gets back together with Jonathan when he comes to town, and, and it's like nothing really happened. How did that? work for you that that sort of the dynamic i mean it wasn't like a romantic thing they never did anything there was never any it was all very vague as they like to do on the show they kept the i kind mean of they definitely te- they definitely teased that they have feelings for each other yeah and then you know in the first half of the season like jonathan's like i don't know what i'm doing here i don't know what this is gonna work blah 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 but did you chafe against any of it did, did any of it rub you the wrong way um I mean, no, not really. I mean, I don't like. I don't know. I I don't. I guess it it did in the sense of like I I don't really care about a love triangle between Nancy, Steve, and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just have. I I feel like it 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 was actually important for Steve's growth to move on from Nancy. So right. I'm kind of like we don't we don't need this and so obviously you know i feel like they will continue you know they'll resolve it somehow in the next season you know i i don't i mean whatever happens happens you know i'm not like on team so and so (laughs) this guy you know but ultimately i would just like just leave it be nancy and jonathan they've made a good team for three seasons. Well, see, that, that was be sort of the thing I, I, I wanted to ask you about because because you have watched the seasons more recently than I have. I, I mean, I feel like Steve has been the character that has sort of been developed better, uh, and and Jonathan's kind of been pushed to the side. But you're 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 saying that Jonathan and Nancy works for you. That that's sort of like the fit. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying that they they make a good team together. You know, like um, in in season. You know, season one, they get together, but not at the end. At the end, she's still with Steve. And so then season two, she gets together with Jonathan. So you kind of have the formation of that relationship. And he's helping her with her investigation into what's going on at the Hawkins lab. And then in season three, kind of a similar thing. He's helping her with her investigation as to what's going on with, like, the the rabbit rats and the missing fertilizer and, and stuff like that and it's like like yeah these two make a good team together they they argue they have their their differences but they work well together she's the reporter he's the photographer it, it just kind of fits yeah you know all right so let, let, let's kind of let me sort of bring up one more thing uh you know the at the end of episode eight, when when Eleven is escaping the lab, that's sort of the last time we see and hear from the military. You know that wants to kill her. They blame her for everything that's going on. Now, 
you would think that they would know that they're going back to Hawkins. There's things bad things happening there. Is the military aspect of the story done? Like, do we think that like these characters think they're safe now, or or like what's what's your sort of read on the military thing? Is it is it going to get dropped? Is there still an angle to pursue here? How are you, or are they just now distracted by uh, uh, these 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 uh, gates that are now open? I mean, I think they're distracted, but they're but by no means has the the military angle dropped. I I think we'll see the the Sullivan character come back next season. He will probably meet some sort of horrible demise, <laughs> or maybe he'll be turned and finally see he's been a jackass and will do something right. Well, that that sort of thing we have to wonder now, right? Because now the stakes are are you know for season five, the final season of Stranger Things, whenever it happens. As far as I know, yeah, are exponentially higher. Uh, like you said, like the town now has to sort of become aware that you know there's about to be an invasion of of creatures from another dimension. Like they're not going to be able to kind of shush this away, right? Or or do you think it's going to still stay between these characters? I mean, that's that's the question, right? Yeah. I um. I lean towards thinking that, yes, there's going, uh, another dimension is slowly invading ours, and that's going to be the focus of the next season. But I'm not 100% sure, um, uh, because the, I think the Duffer Brothers, like every season, they kind of like defy sort of like my expectation as to what the next season will be. And I feel like it always starts a bit smaller than I expect. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's just hard to say. I, I'm just very nervous going into season five because when you start dealing with like invasions and stuff like that, I I don't know, it can get really bad and really hokey. So I'm, I'm a little bit nervous as as to how it's going to play out. Like, I don't want to see hordes of Demogorgons charging at like townsfolk with shotguns and pitchforks, and they clash in the middle of a <laughs> battlefield. If I see that, I'm gonna scream. Really? Okay. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> what if they'd go for like more of like a gremlins approach? You know, where it's like a series of random accidents have occurred. <laughs> and, um... You know, and. Uh... <laughs> And and uh, <laughs> I mean, I, Mr. I, Mr. Futterman's tractor gets crashed into his house. You know, it, it's it's gonna be like, oh, I can't believe this is happening right now. I mean, look, that would be <laughs> better, but that would it would defy credulity <laughs> that these strange accidents would be happening, and people wouldn't be like, you know, it probably has something to do with that giant hell mouth that opened in the middle of the town. It's a Kentucky Harvester. There you go. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, you. so the next question I have: like, This series has progressed really nicely through the '80s. Uh, this this season was 1986. Yes. Do we go to '89? Do we close the the decade, or do we pick up right where we left off? I mean, I feel like they have to pick up right where they left off. If not right where they left off, then not far after it. But I was thinking that at the at the uh, beginning of the season, like, oh, maybe they'll they'll jump ahead again. Be- also, because of the aging of the cast, like maybe they should jump ahead several years and and, and age them up, and maybe we can end this around like New Year's time 
um, 89, 90, and that's how they close out a show that has been so heavy on 80s nostalgia. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah, that that's sort of my question. Uh, at the at the end of this episode, I'm like, it feels like it, need, it needs to. It it felt to me like it needed to pick up where it left off, like immediately. But as far as I know, they're they're not. They haven't written the episodes. They're not filming anything. Uh, so it, it has to move forward in time because, like these, yeah, I mean, these characters are aging way too quickly. The actors, I, I, I should say, are aging way too quickly. So. The, these gates, these fissures, they, they must lay dormant for, for a certain amount of time. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think you're sort of, I, I think you're on the right track here with like, we go to like 89 and we close out the decade. Right. Uh, and, and, and then, and then like we joked last episode, it's 89 Batman to save the day. Right. It's just what I always wanted. I made you, you made me first, Mark. I say it again. Just to emphasize. I mean, yeah, that could be dialogue between <laughs> L and Beckner. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. We just did it. We cracked the code. Duffers, call us. We're ready. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I feel like the t- you, I, I feel like it's sort of inevitable. As much as I think it makes sense to pick up right where they started, because they're not filming the seasons back to back, like because season five wasn't ready to go right away. The time jump to eighty eight, eighty nine has to be the most reasonable. Which again seems strange that these guys can just move about their lives, even though there's these giant fissures in their hometown. But well, you know. I mean, again, I'm saying I don't, I don't think they're going to do the time jump. I, I think they're going to pick it up close to where they left off. Here. I don't think visually it'll work. These kids are like, have you seen Millie Bobby Brown lately? Yes, <laughs> she does not look like a fourteen-year-old girl anymore. I'm sorry. No, she does. No, none of them look like a fourteen-year-old anything. Um, Jonathan's a forty-five-year-old man. <laughs> I was shocked when I saw how young he actually was. So. I think he's doing some hard living. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know for sure though. Smoking a pack a day, maybe. I don't <laughs> maybe, know. maybe he's the new Marlboro man. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> um, but um. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I think, I think they should. But I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll, we'll how see. Do you, I mean, how do you write would, that? How do you write that in into the story? Yeah, you, that, you and I are at this point. Like, we are speculating wildly. We this is this is the part of the show where it's just like, whatever, because we we got no answers for you. There's nothing out there. Uh, supposedly. They're going to start writing these episodes next month. The Duffers say they know how it ends, but yeah. but they 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 you know the the season five is not written at this point. They just know how the show is going to wrap up. Yeah, and, you know. So and and we got a lot of characters. We got a lot of things to solve. We we still have some questions to be answered. Um, but uh, but you know, as we as we've said this entire time, we're we are here for the ride. We love this show. Uh, we are huge advocates for it. We have a blast watching it. We have a blast rewatching it, and and you know even even when it, it might trip a little bit or it might have a moment or two where you're like ah I don't know about that. It's it's still just a really well executed, really well done show. Would you yeah. not agree? No, th- like that's why I say like I have complaints, but I mean that's why I say I loved it. I, I just thoroughly enjoyed watching the show. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't really think of a single show that doesn't have like a nit to pick if you wanted to really go after it. But by and large, e- even when the show has stumbled like a couple times, like I, like I said, I think the show had most of its stumbles in season two, but it was still it was a really enjoyable season. Um, the, season three, season four have been slam dunk, home run, grand slams, whatever you want to say, whatever sports analogy you want. Uh, touch I'll tell you what. Down, grand, what yeah. I think I think seasons two and three are real mixed bags. Really, like watching rewatching season three really confirmed something for me because I my experience my first experience with season three was like I I remember I almost stopped watching it after the second episode. I was like, what in the fuck? And same thing going rewatching it. I was like. The, the stuff with Hopper, it, like it's so cartoonish and over the top. It like it's almost unbearable. I was oh, like, like oh him, him is like the overbearing dad kind of thing. The overbearing dad, and they just they play so much for comedy throughout the whole show. But once you get to like the third episode and things start to pick up with like the the main story, um, like it all kind of becomes more more bearable. And, and they play less and less for comedy, but they play so much comedy in season three. And I just feel like so much of it just is like, oh, I mean, I, I remember, I I remember the that. overbearing dad thing not being my favorite element of season three. But the the relationship dynamics had had sort of changed in a way in season three that I enjoyed so much, like right. particularly like Stephen Dustin and then D- uh, Stephen Robin yeah. like that. For for me, I I would watch season three over and over again just to watch those characters interact with each other because like that was to me glorious. Well, I mean, Steve and Dustin, you know, they they their dynamic first started in in season two. I know, but it's it's a different level in three though. When you know when they're when they're you know when when Steve's working at the ice cream parlor and the whole thing at the mall, like it, it's to me that's a different I, level. I love the stuff at the mall, but I also really love like season season two when they first start getting to know each other and, and hanging out with each other and Steve recommends to him the, the Farrah Fawcett hairspray. It's really good stuff. <laughs> when they're high and they're watching Back to the Future <laughs> in season three. Like, Very is good. Is that guy trying to have sex with his mom? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> it's great stuff. Really good stuff. <laughs> so it's so good. Season three is spectacular in so many ways, and maybe it is a bit more comedic. But again, you you have your boyfriend, um, uh, Max's brother, who you love so much. I <laughs> I love Billy Hargrove. That character is fucking great. Lifeguard at the pool, having sex with all those milfs. I mean, <laughs> like, I think how many think... marriages did Bill, does Billy Hargrove destroy in the town of Hawkins? That's the real question for the show. As far as I know, none. As far as you know, but just because they but weren't central characters on the show, I just think I just think Daker Montgomery did such a good job with that role. I I think he's I think he's a really great to watch you in seasons two and three. So let me let me ask you a question. You're, you you know you're more of a film guy than than I am by far. You know more of the, the tricks of the trade and, and things like that. But like they they brought him back to be in four, right? Like that's that's him, right? Yeah. Because like there's a couple of shots in 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 the first half of the season, and particularly like the Dear Billy episode, where I'm like, oh, they maybe could have done like some VFX or whatever, and maybe it's not really him. But in 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 this half, and particularly in the, in the finale in episode nine, I'm like, oh, there's no doubt that's him. 
he came back with a mullet and everything. Like, what are you right? talking about? No, they, I just remember them showing flashbacks to season three. In in episode nine. Yeah. When he's in the in the when he's like trying to bust in that door. I guess that's true. You're right. Yeah, because yeah, right. Okay, they, so he, he doesn't cut, come back. They they, they they reincorporate that footage. They just they just kind of did it differently. Okay. Of of the sauna test, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, but but they did. I'm pretty sure that was him. They got him back for episode four for the Dear Billy episode. Four. Okay. Dear, the Dear Billy episode. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because I, I I was sort of wondering about that. I sort of wondered if they were gonna do that. If that was actually him, or if they were using extra footage, or you know, some of the other tricks that they do nowadays. Yeah, no, pretty pretty sure that 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 they they got him back. I stand like ninety nine point nine percent sure. Yeah, yeah, well, good for him. That mul- that mullet is glorious. That is a Patrick Swayze level style mullet. He's Roadhouse. Yeah. He should be in the new yeah. Roadhouse. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only if he can be Billy Hargrove. <laughs> oh. Hey, man, <laughs> pain pain don't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Polar bear fell on me. That's good. right. I remember that fucking movie. Good, good, good on you. <laughs> All right, Mark. Uh, so, since you've rewatched it most recently, I, I will ask you to rank the four seasons of Stranger Things. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one, four, three, two. Okay, that sounds solid to me. Yeah, I think when I think back on season four, they really got it was a bit of a course correct, I think, in a lot of ways, because, you know, in in the last time we talked about this, I I complained about the humor in season four. And I I do think and especially with Murray, like there's just a little too much of it. But I mean, rewatching three again and seeing how much of it is how much how much they play for humor in season three. This was kind of a big course correct and kind of getting back more towards the roots of season one of this is a primarily a horror science fiction mm-hmm. show. I think I, I, I think they did a good job of kind of getting back to that. So I think I think for me, one is still the gold standard, but I think four was great. Three, I, I, three is awesome. I, I just don't like the the added humor, um, but it's got a really great original story to it. I think with the whole like Russians, been with a secret lab beneath the mall. I, yeah. I, I love it. And and season two is great. I, I think season two is great. I've said I think it's much maligned, but it is a bit meandering and and kind of the same thing as the first one. And you know. That that punk rock episode is it is a little rough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I am overdue for a rewatch of the entire series. I I did rewatch four, uh, leading into into this. The and whole thing, or just no? The, 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 I had sort of piecemealed it from after we did the, the our recap. Okay. Because uh, I was you know trying to fill in some time, <laughs> and then I, I you know before we did this, I rewatched eight and nine. Um, so yeah, uh, for me, four is right up there. It, it's like neck and neck with one. I think you're right. I think one is still the gold standard, but I, I really thought the season was exceptional. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, you know, I, th- I think three in third place sounds about right. And I, I admit I should probably should rewatch season two. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it, and again, it's not like it's a bad season. It's just like my, you know, just if you're gonna rank them, you gotta put someone's gotta be at the bottom. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the season. I thought it. I thought it sucked the landing. I love Vecna. Uh, I love oh, one Owen, whatever you want to call him, and I also love that. That was also one of my favorite things in this episode. Was 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 Robin? Like, what do we call him? Vecna, Owen, Rob, you know, Owen one, and like, or she said slash right. She's like Vecna slash Owen slash one, and I just liked how that kind of carried through in the final episode. Why? Why Owen? Wasn't it Owen? Wasn't that his real name? Henry. Henry. Sorry, is Henry then? My apologies. You're thinking of Paul Reiser. Sorry, I'm, a lot of names, man. I'm not good with yeah. names anymore. I should do a correction. In the last episode, I said Paul Reiser was introduced in season three, and I was like, "Oh no, shit! He was introduced in season two. My bad." Mm. It's a bad call, Ripley. It's a bad call. Right, that's your favorite line. <laughs> it, it, it is. I love aliens. Come on, come on. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I know it's gonna be forever until season five. The kids are gonna be. Oh, they're all gonna be in like AA together. Um, so, the, the, so they'll probably be all haggard I, oh, and worn God, out. That'd looking. be so great if they're like alcoholics and yeah. I mean, I would love that. Well, I mean, apparently uh, Finn Wolfhard's gonna be in another Ghostbusters movie, so he'll be working at least. But uh, he needs to develop his calves because he shouldn't wear shorts anymore. I don't want to see those skinny legs anymore. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So judgmental, dude. Looks like a toothpick. Yeah, he's a skinny dude. He's a skinny, break. lanky. I mean, like he is lanky, lanky. He makes he, Lanky look Lanky. He wants to play Gollum. <laughs> is Eleven his precious? He's just pining for that remake. Oh, my God. Anyhow. Sorry. Sorry. It's a joke, people. <laughs> um, I, I, I wanted to ask you something. Do so, it. Do it. All right. So, okay. First off, Vecna's plan... Seems a little random, right? A little random. Like, I'm gonna kill four people, and then all these gates are gonna open up. Like, okay, that sure, I guess, right? Like, this is. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the rules of the upside down and and how these gates open is still a little random, I suppose. But so, I... like, I took it as, you know, so like the the whole time, this whole time. You know, even though Vecna and L have the same power set, she's been the only one to like open a gate. So it's something he's been unable to do. So him figuring out how to tap into these people and 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 kill them from the other side is the only way he's managed to figure out how to open a gate of his own. And so, and if you go back to season, especially season two, it's like the gate is expanding, but it's expanding slowly. So I'm kind of like, okay, so the, is it that there's like four gates? And then, it, like I said, they kind of like intersect in the middle. So if he has like these four gates, is he then just able to expand them more rapidly than he was in season two? I, I, you know, these are the, these are the things that I think they have to address in in season five. I mean, we're we're left with a lot of questions at the end of this, and and like yeah. you said, they're they're sort of they sort of course correct by by shifting and making Vecna our our main villain for the entire for everything that came before, even before we knew he existed. You know, right. it's not like he was foreshadowed. You know, like they, they built the Mind Flayer up to be like the big bad, and then it's like, oh no, the Mind Flayer is actually just like a like a, another weapon at Vecna's disposal. 
you know, so like there's there's a lot of elements that we need to get like a little bit more clarity on. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, you know, I'm a little I'm a little fuzzy on on how like the opening opening the gates works by killing these people with these spells, but apparently that's what it takes, right? Like he sucks their soul and their essences out, and that's enough to open a portal between the dimensions. Because it maybe has something to do with the fact that he's from the dimension. You know, but I but the but, but the other thing though is that prior to this season he has been unable to even mentally infiltrate our world well, without a gate that's what i feel like that's sort of what they what they talk about with when they when they're sort of revealing uh that that it's been him all along is that he's had the wrong approach and it wasn't until he's able to figure this out that he's able to he was trying to infiltrate more directly with the demigorgons right. and the mind flare, and it wasn't until he sort of did, started doing this that he sort of cracked the code on how to actually open gates for a more uh, advanced infiltration. I suppose is what it sort of came across to me as. Right. Uh, the other thing, so when Chrissy was killed, yeah, gate is open in yeah. the ceiling of the trailer. When the basketball player is killed, gate is open at the bottom of the lake. Yeah. Where was the gate when Fred was killed? He was killed in the middle of the road. Yeah, that one opens too. They show but it. Where was it? No, they show it. They show it. Where? Watch episode nine again. No, 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 no. There was a gate like open at the bottom of the lake in the trailer, like after the people died. So shouldn't there have been like a gate in the middle of the road this whole time? It was probably beneath the pavement. Okay. But like if if that that's one of the scenes like that that spot where he dies opens up and opens up one of those fault lines. Okay, that's they, fine. They, they, just, they do just, show that. I you know, again, maybe the game I just not feel the, like there should have been something. Well, maybe maybe there's that, something about well, not. no, that doesn't make any sense either. Never mind. I don't I don't know. I don't know why there's not a gate in the middle of the street. <laughs> I don't have a good answer for you. But they do show the opening a gate and the, the the fault line does open there where Fred died. Or maybe they should have killed him in the woods. Maybe. Where someone wouldn't have noticed. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Uh, and I'm just going to say, I would like to see more of the Russian side of things. I have questions about that as well. All right, so so one final thing for me before we before we get out of here. Uh, I, I wanted to ask, you you are the OG Iceman, um, but were there any moments in this episode that got you emotionally? Where you're like, <gasps> you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe even... A, a little bit of, of tears in the eyes. Anything? Or were you, were you the Iceman through and through? Uh, I mean, I think I, for the most part, I was the Iceman. Like, I mean, I felt it when uh, when when Eddie died. I was like, oh, that's sad. But kind of like, oh, that's, that's what they do on this show. <laughs> um, you know, and I was... Uh, actually... I, I, not so much what happened to Max, but I thought Caleb McLaughlin's performance in that scene as Lucas was really, really great. Yeah. Like that, that got to me more than like what happened to Max. I felt like what happened to Max was kind of like, it didn't, not that it was a cheat, but it was kind of like, okay, I, I you know, well, and, and with that scene, what I would because I agree with you on Eddie, and then in this scene with 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 Lucas and Max, when it shifts to the astral plane, and you see that Eleven's there at the same time, 
it got me. Right. That one got me pretty good. Okay. For sure. Uh, were there any more for you? Because I, I I got a couple more. <laughs> no, I I think I I, think... I was kind of sobbing at various points in the, at the end of the show. <laughs> oh no, no, definitely not. But um, you know, like I I liked where they left the Max character. I'm very curious as to what they'll do with her in season three mm-hmm. uh, or season five. Yeah, I feel like maybe she'll kind of be some some kind of vessel or something like that because like man that like that would really suck for her if they just like sideline her for the for the fifth and final season yeah but uh but but, but yeah well you know well but that said i also want consequences you know right. and and if they kill max they kill max you know all right so nothing nothing else got you in the, in the heartstrings though i mean i just i I told you, man. I I I love the whole thing, and um, you know, but I'm I'm not one to get. I, I don't really get misty eyed a whole lot. At, well, at I I stuff. I got I was I was actually surprised how emotional I got when when Hopper and Eleven reunited. Okay. But the the one that got me, the one that got me, was probably the one I least expected, uh, because I, I you know I didn't think it would actually be addressed, and so when they did it. I was I, I was I was sort of, I sort of was gutted emotionally. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But that it's when they're at the shelter after the earthquake, Dustin oh, yeah. and Eddie's uncle. Yeah. That was oh good. my god, that one got me so bad in the heart. I was like, "Oh, oh my god, was, my heart! I can't handle this right now." That was good. Yeah. That was so good. I mean, such a, a just a really just wonderful performance from such a young actor. Um, yeah. And and and. Ah, oh, uh, it 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 really. I I know you know you know, you and I can argue back and forth about the validity of of Eddie's death and, and its necessity and stuff like that, but when they put such a lovely bow on it with that scene between those two characters, um, it it just got me. It got me so they, well. <laughs> they they put a bow on it, but didn't it strain credulity a little bit? Wouldn't the uncle have been like, "Wait, you were there? What happened?" It's just like I, I understand, but again, <laughs> like you have to like realize these people are trying to like rationalize this tragedy that happened that they think is just an earthquake. They don't really like, realize the implications of what's going on here. And Dustin Bradley could have chosen his words a little bit better. <laughs> well, I feel I almost feel like it would have been more impactful that Dustin can't tell him what happened and that he has to like carry this weight around. Well, with I mean, him. in in, a, in almost essence, like in essence, he doesn't, but he he does say that like. Hey man, he was fighting for this town that hated him, that that didn't want him around, and and he gave his life for it. You know, yeah, he, I, he, he, I, they don't. He doesn't put a lot of like, you know, a uh, 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 you know, source material behind that. He doesn't put a big bibliography on it. <laughs> but, no, I know, but 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 that's what I'm. I mean, he's like giving information that's kind of vague, which is only going to raise questions. Well, I think he's, but so. he's also, he's also consoling and and and, and sort of confirming. What this 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 family member, this uncle who is like a father to Eddie, has but, sort, of, sort of had in his heart to begin with, but to know but that, if, okay, I was just gonna say, but but if you remember, like at at the beginning of season two, Nancy and uh, if you bring Steve, up if you bring up Barb, I'm gonna kill you. I am gonna bring up Barb. <laughs> Nancy and Steve are going to Barb's parents' house like every week to have dinner with them because. They're still looking for their daughter, and they because Nancy and Steve don't know how 
to tell them that that she's dead because they can't explain how she died. And I, I think that I think Dustin is now in that same situation. Yeah, but I mean, isn't it nicer that Dustin's giving these people this guy closure? Of course, it's nicer. But what so I'm does, saying is, so I don't know. Is I don't than know Nancy. if it. I don't know if it works for the story because that guy's not just going to be like, okay, I accept your answer. I'm not going to raise any more questions. What do you mean you were with him when he died? Oh what was he god. doing? You're, Where was he? You were such what do you asshole. mean? Oh my god! You're an you're asshole. Like, I'm not an asshole. I'm simply pointing out that you can't just tell someone like, oh no, your son's dead. Quit looking for him and have him be like, mm, okay. The earthquake is the natural disaster. Like there are people missing from it. This is how the Jason is dead. This is how I his get, death is explained. I get that. I understand that. But he's saying like he was fighting for this town. And oh we mean he was fighting I'm, for this town. I'm, what are you talking about? I'm gonna punch you in the fucking face next time I see you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you, you, you have to wrap up a story somehow. Like You can't just keep asking questions. That's how things go on forever. Fucking That's... end it. Put a period at the end of the sentence. Write don't a just better dot, sentence. Don't just dot, dot, dot that shit. Write a better sentence. Oh, my God. I'm going to choke you out. I'm going to choke you out. <laughs> I don't know what your problem is. I've just spent two hours telling you that I really like the show, but yeah, there are some things about it that mm, didn't quite work. I for think me. it has more to do with the, you can't deal with emotion. You are dead inside emotionally. You are you are the Ice Man. I mean, look, I'm not denying this, but <laughs> you know, I think what it allows me is a cool head with which to see things, so that all you people who get all wrapped up in your emotions can't you know you can't see things straight. Get irrational. Oh, God. Oh, you suck so much. <laughs> oh, my God. You're the worst. This podcast is over because you are the fucking worst. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> All right, Patreons. Marcus just killed the podcast. I'm never recording ever again. <laughs> you brought me so low right now. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think you are at all. No, I am. Trust me. <laughs> Dustin brought that man peace, Mark. Can't you just let it be? Can't you just let that be? I, I guess it doesn't take a lot to bring that guy peace. All right, he Fox Mulder. Ooh, I want to believe. Blah, blah, blah. Get out of here. All right, Scully. Fuck what? off. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you're Scully. Get out of here. I mean, you know, Mulder was kind of an idiot. <laughs> Oh, no. little green men took my sister. No, the like, the, yeah. the idiots were those of us who watched that fucking show for far too long. That we are the idiots. Hey, right. I bailed. What season did I bail? What season was after the first movie? Yeah, I don't know. That's about. I when think I season lost. five. That was about when I lost my patience too. So I I watched the first episode of that season. and I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I made it through that season before I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I was like, oh, they literally picked up nothing from the movie. Awesome. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anywho, let's get out of here. Mark, thank you for hanging out and, and being uh, uh, just ice cold. You are you're vanilla ice. You're ice ice baby. <laughs> but I'm glad you enjoyed Stranger Things. I mean, by and large, you and I are on the same page about this show. That's, that's a rare thing. That's great. Yes. I love that. Yes. We, we may uh, fight over the minutiae, but that's on brand for us. So that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And yeah, I'm 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 gonna choke you out when you're least expecting it. Next time you go to the bathroom, watch out. Watch out. You will try. <laughs> oh my god. All right, Anakin Skywalker, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dude. We'll talk later. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You and your friends believe you have one. This is only the beginning, the beginning of the end. Hey, and there it is. That's the massive, 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 massive conversation to close out Stranger Things Volume 4, uh, the final two episodes of this season that aired back at, gosh, 4th of July, which feels like forever ago now, but I guess it was only about a month ago. Anyways, I hope you had a great time listening to it. hope you enjoyed the conversation. Things got a little silly. Can't lie about that. They got a little silly. They got a little, a little nuts. They got a little out of hand. They got a little out of hand. <laughs> but uh, things to look forward to coming down the main feed soon uh, will be our, our – our we got a big Marvel catch-up coming up where we talk about the Miss Marvel show, the new Thor movie. We talk about what's going on in the world of Star Trek. That episode will be on the main feed here very, very soon. Uh, and then later on in August, we will have – uh, our, our, you know, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that we are uh, massive, massive, massive fans of the Predator franchise, the highs, the many, many lows. We still believe in the Predator, and, and we are going to be doing a special show uh, to, to discuss the new film, Prey, that will be on Hulu in just a couple of days. Uh, and we are beyond excited to get into, into Prey, and, 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 and hopefully the redemption of the Predator franchise, but we'll see about that and how it goes. So stay tuned for those episodes in the near future. Those will be on the main feed eventually. Uh, the the Thor one coming up first. Uh, you should have that in another week or two. And then we'll get to, we should have the Prey one available to everybody on the, on the main feed uh, later in August. All right. Uh, please make sure you're still following us on social media. We're, we're still at uh, Tomcast podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We're still posting, we're still doing things. So give us a follow Make sure you're and, and telling people at the show, you know, we, yeah, we come out sporadically, but we do come out. So so make sure you're sharing the show, recommending us. We still truly, truly appreciate that. And uh, otherwise, I just hope everyone's been doing well. You're you're staying safe. You're being awesome. Uh, we're getting more pumped up for, for, for the remainder of the Padres season now that Juan Soto's in town. All that good stuff. So everyone, just be awesome. Be excellent. Be super, super cool. And when you see me, say hi. We'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll converse. We'll chat. We'll get, we'll get into things. Tell me what you're watching on pop culture. We'll talk about it. All right. Uh, ciao, babes. Great story. Compelling and rich. So the Tribe drops its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry. Nobody's listening anyway. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions! Yeah!